0: So, looking at the specific, the specifics of kind of of neuroscience, neurochemistry, and the relationship of brain and consciousness, the I suppose the most common evidence used in support of a emergent theory, a materialist theory, is the very, very tight correlations between brain and mind, and the effects of things such as general anesthesia, um, diseases such as rabies that can change a personality, and various things like that, alcohol. And because of the direct effects on personality and behavior, it's seen as very strong evidence to suggest that the brain creates consciousness, which it is certainly strong evidence to suggest that. Um, yes. What, yeah, so what's your thought on that interpretation? Of well, its uh,
1: I think uh, to use a simple uh, analogy, it's a bit like uh, William James, the, uh, the founder of American psychology, and he was also a philosopher, he, uh, he did a lecture on the, the various possibilities concerning, uh, in ni- 1898, uh, it was at Harvard, and he proposed three possibilities regarding the mind-brain relationship, and one of them was the, uh, the transmissive or interactive point of view, mind consciousness with the brain, and... In modern technology, we could uh, w- well can use uh, a TV set, for instance. If you use the TV set, and uh, let's say you play with uh, your TV set, uh, the screen, and you will, you may alter the uh, the reception of the information, which are, in fact, it's uh, we talk about electromagnetic waves that are produced by uh, a TV station and it's it's transduced as uh, sounds and uh, also as words for instance language but if electronically you 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 modify something in the circuits you may alter the uh, the reception of the electromagnetic waves and the decoding of the waves and so uh, let's say you're you're listening to the uh, the news uh, you know in the evening um, the anchor, for instance, let's say that the anchor vanished from the, the screen, the anchor is still at, at, at the TV station reading the, uh, the news. So you you, you you can open the uh, your TV set, you won't find the, uh, the anchor in the TV set. And so that's the kind of analogy that uh, has been used by many scientists, uh, not, not only myself, but so of course, if you, when there's a lesion, you uh, because there, there's uh, in the brain you have uh, a certain amount of uh, specialization, uh, specific functions in various regions. For instance, some regions are more concerned with memory, memories, and uh, others are more related to the uh, processing of emotions. For instance, mm. but let's let's say you have a lesion, you you have a, a vascular accident. And it produces uh, a lesion in c- certain area of the, uh, the structure involved in memory. You will have memory deficits following that. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean that mind, including the faculty of memory, uh, are produced by this region. They can interact. It's the output that you need, and the. The output cannot be delivered anymore. Because, so it's, um, you know, it's uh, so it, one word. Like you you yeah. can use this hypothesis. And in, this, this, in his lecture, that's what uh, William James did in uh, 1898. He proposed this possibility of mind brain relationships. Mm-hmm. So the brain was, uh, he said, was um, could be considered as a sort of uh, interface for the uh, the relationship between the mental functions and including consciousness and, and brain activity.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not certain, but I think it was uh, scientist, Sean Carroll, who wrote a an article stating that it was either life after death is impossible or very, 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 very unlikely. Um, and he used the argument that if, if the brain was an interface for consciousness or if the philosophy of, of dualism, yeah. I think it's substance dualism, I'm not sure. Um, Mm -hmm. was true then we would find we'd be able to see a specific location in the brain that was receiving that that consciousness and there would be material um, readings showing that interaction where the the mind is received that the part of the brain that actually receives it would light up I suppose and we don't see that so therefore that isn't a reasonable theory what's your thought on that kind of idea
1: Well, that's, it doesn't mean that it's not the case. It's only uh, because of technical limitations, because for instance, if you use uh, functional brain imaging, uh, all the the colored uh, spots, the hot spots that you see in the scientific publications, they are the results of uh, mathematical computations. So they are not, you don't see the, the cerebral tissue live in action. There's no technology. Allowing to do that, uh, unless you use you put electrodes in the neurons, but it's not been done in this context, given uh, ethical uh, principles, obviously in humans. Mm-hmm. So we 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 don't know. We uh, really uh, also we you know when we talk about uh, uh, the, this question, you have to remind you, we have to remind people that. A thought is, uh, in my view at least, it's a real phenomenon, but it's a non-physical phenomenon. It doesn't have a weight, a volume, a, a color, or a shape, mm. I don't think. Still, it can exert a great influence on the brain. Mm. And it's a bit like uh, the wind. You don't see it, but you can measure its impact. And um, so that's... Uh, the. That. That's what I would say uh, regarding this question,
0: yes, so using the the analogy that you mention, um, we can see that things like general anesthesia um, which affect the brain simply suppress the brain's ability to um mm. translate the the consciousness into an outward experience so yes, what about exactly. things like what about things like alcohol or diseases like rabies or uh, the example of a man who had an accident i think he had a pipe or something go through his eye into his brain and as a result his personality completely changed so it wasn't a case of suppressing the the output of the brain it was completely altering a personality how would you say that matches up with a dualistic idea
1: Uh, well uh yeah you you have to consider this type of phenomenon but this is a clinical psychology. This is a famous case in clinical neuropsychology. And what it shows is that the brain plays a great role in, the, uh, in mental functions and uh, the transmission also of uh, mental processes and so on and so forth. But yes, you can, if the um, you need a healthy brain to be able to have access to all uh, your uh, mental faculties otherwise uh, there will be deficits impairments and uh, yeah it, it shows that the, the brain is the most complex uh, biological system that we know and you know it's uh, nearly 100 billion neurons interacting each with with each other and on average you have about uh, 5,000 synaptic contacts between neurons. And so so imagine it's even uh, more complex than uh, anything we know in the the universe. So yeah, the brain is very precious. But what's interesting is if you take cases of people suffering from uh, neurological impairments or dementia, Mm -hmm. there are cases of people like that who've had clinical death. Or people suffering from, uh, let's say, uh, congenital blindness, which is related to the, uh, it's the, op- the the optical system, the visual system. Uh, when the uh, if the heart stops and the uh, the person is uh, clinically dead, and if she suffers from uh, neurological impairments or even psych- psychiatric uh, conditions, disorders. The person is free while she's clinically dead. She's uh, free from all the limitations created by the brain, the, the nervous system. So mm-hmm. wh- what William James was saying, and I think he was right, is that the brain is not only an interface, but it's also a filter, a filter which restricts the access, the conscious access to other domains of reality, if
0: you will. Mm. Sure. And of course we also have um, experiences like terminal lucidity in dementia patients that yes, seem exactly. to add to yeah. that, that belief. Mm. Yeah. So I wonder, um, I know we're strapped for time, so one last question, are you familiar with the philosophy of, of metaphysical idealism, which is one that seems to have cropped up a lot recently? Uh, pardon me? me? Metaphysical idealism, are you familiar with that philosophy? Oh yes, yes. A lot. <laughs> so what, what's, your, what's your thoughts on that, which essentially says that um, it's not so much that the brain is a filter and that there's a, a consciousness and a brain and the consciousness comes through the brain, but that the brain is consciousness as it appears in physical reality.
1: Yeah, that's an interesting idea, but I'm not, not sure about that. I would say what I propose in the uh, my own view of the post paradigm my, the way I developed it, it's that, and it was in the manifesto for postmodern science. What we consider to be physical and uh, what we consider to be mental are two complementary aspects of uh, re- what we could call uh, a reality uh, with uh, an uh, uppercase letter R. Uh, and these two manifestations. Uh, they originate from a common source, uh, a unifying or creating uh, principle. That's my metaphysics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. so so at a certain level, so in other words, as human beings, uh, we believe in uh, the physical world, in our experience. and to a certain extent, it's true. However, during my life, I've had several uh, mystical experiences non-dual experiences and to me uh i agree with uh what people say in the uh, vedantic tradition that it's an illusion that uh there's only there's only one principle one source one being you know uh, at uh an absolute level but we Mm -hmm. live in a real in the physical world and also in the mental world, the world of psychology, it's uh, all relative. It's part of uh, a relative experience. So we're not, but in some cases, and uh, it's been reported in uh, some cases by near-death experiencers, these near-death experiencers they go sometimes beyond the uh, duality. And instead of seeing the light as, jesus or buddha or god they merge with the light and they become one they become Mm. uh, what is uh they become the entire the the whole the totality the universe the absolute
0: Mm. something beyond beyond language certainly
1: yes definitely so so Mm. that's my uh that's my metaphysics but it's based Mm. on experiential uh Data or evidence, uh, if you will. In my case,
0: mm-hmm. brilliant. So I suppose before we end, is there anything else you think important to add?
1: Uh, don't don't believe in everything uh, <laughs> scientists are telling you, especially neuroscientists. Don't believe that your biological robots, totally determined by your neurons, your chemical transmitters, your genes, and so on and so forth, because it's not true. We didn't have the time to to discuss that, but I've done several brain imaging studies showing that in reality, you can uh, consciously and intentionally influence even the the deep structures, the so-called primitive structures of the brain. And uh, in that sense, we we have uh, a great power. We can exert a great influence over what's going on in our nervous system and also in all the other physiological systems that are part of uh, the body, because they all constitute uh, what we co- call a, a psychosomatic network, and um, so that's that's one thing. The other thing is that um, don't believe them when they say that uh, consciousness is only a byproduct of uh, brain activity, uh, because it's, obviously it's not uh, it's not true. It's only a belief system now. Those who are holding to this kind of uh, philosophical view, uh, they are ignoring uh, voluntarily uh, the data, all the evidence that is out there.
0: Mm. Or simply aren't aware of it.
1: Or, or, yes, in some Mm. cases, that's true. Uh, They are uh, ignorant. Yeah, they talk, but they don't investigate. They don't explore. Mm. They... And shouldn't do that. Uh, if if you want to pronounce, it, at least you should check the the, the data, the evidence. And uh, yes, but absolutely, they don't do that all the time. Uh, uh, that's right. Mm. Yeah.
0: And I suppose regarding your neuroimaging studies, anybody can find that in various uh, online resources on YouTube oh, or yes. in your books.
1: Yes, yes. Actually, I was the first scientist to to show that the. Uh, we can uh, use our intention and our consciousness to self-regulate the, the the primitive portions of the brain that are related to emotions. So that that was the uh, it was, you know, at the beginning of the uh, the new millennium and that created a new uh, field of uh, research uh, that was called uh, emotional self-regulation and the brain. And, uh, since then you know there have been uh, hundreds of studies on uh, in this field but uh, yeah you can you can find it it's uh, it's easy to find yeah.